the Stephanie Miller Show. That's right. In person. Yeah. The backup has a lot has arrived. We've been holding out for a hero. <laughs> we can dance if we want to. If we don't, somebody will. Because the president's rude and should be removed and acts like an imbecile. I say, Malcolm Nance, Malcolm Nance, Trump is under Putin's control. And Saudi we Arabia. Dance. We can dance while Stephanie dances with the pole. Well, it's a Malcolm Ah. Uh. Good morning, Malcolm You know, I've been here 20 times. I have yet to see that poll. I'm starting to get really disappointed by that song. I did it at DC uh, Sexy Liberal. I danced uh, on, around a mic stand for you. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. poor substitute. Close enough to a poll. Good morning, sir. <laughs> I thought you can take some pole dancing lessons from uh, Richard Schiff's wife. Oh, yeah, that's right. I got to get on that. You got to get on that. All right. Go on I'm the in. Poll, um, all right. It's a big week, Politicon week. That's why Malcolm's here. He's doing panels at Politicon. I'm doing panels at Politicon. Um. Yes. Malcolm, I, okay, Mueller's set to deliver key findings uh, right after, I guess, after the midterms. However, are we in the middle of another huge international scandal, hashtag, you know, uh, I don't know, high crime and misdemeanor, indictable offense, covering up a murder? I, what is happening? You've been tweeting about the Saudi Arabia thing, and it is, the details that are coming out already are horrifying. Absolutely. And, I, I, the, I, okay. What do you want to know? Because it's a terrible story. No, but Trump has himself backed in a corner now, right? What did he say yesterday? He said, oh, here we go again with, you know, guilty till proven innocent, just like Brett Kavanaugh. Well, to Donald Trump, it's not being backed in a corner. Yeah. To him, that's hanging out with his buddies. Right. I mean, you know, how many people has he he's endorsed that turned out to be pedophiles or right. or serial wife abusers or, or, right. or else? and. You know, he, he bows to power. Yeah. And he Re- lo- reminds you of Helsinki. Oh, he denies the election thing very strongly. Let me tell you, this story is going to end up badly for, for yeah. the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, for uh, King Salman, and for Donald Trump. Because for the yeah. most part, you know, I've been saying this for the last two weeks, it is impossible for Donald Trump to have come out and said, the United States knew nothing about it, doesn't know anything about it. Let's see what the facts are. Right. The U.S. intelligence community collects these facts, and we're very, very good at collecting certain types of, of, of intelligence. And most of this information that we've been seeing, even reporting from the Washington Post, is electronic. Let me tell you something. We, we are so absolutely awesome at electronic intelligence. Don't get near your toaster. If we want you, we actually can turn it on and use it as a collections device. Wow. But uh, enough power, enough proximity. You can collect on anything. But yeah. we're talking now no between always, nation states. No wonder you always bring donuts so we don't have to toast anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So between nation states, the United States and Saudi Arabia, we have these relationships. But let me tell you, they're a target. I mean, yeah. everyone who's not an American is a, is a target yeah. nation. And our allies also collect. So it would have been relatively easy to get this story right. out from from day one or right. day two as the Turks discussed it, right? See, even yeah, Jamie, even Jamie knows. Yeah. You know, but as the Turks discussed it, and then they would have gone around the world, Donald yes. Trump would have had an assessment from the Central Intelligence Agency sure. and the FBI and the National Security Agency on day one. And the Turks are beginning, from what I understand, to, to release audio. And it, it, as you said, it, it is comes. horrifying that they dismembered this guy 
while he was still alive. Mm-hmm. And the cutting went on for seven minutes. It was in the this uh, Saudi consulate's right. off. Uh, what's his name? Consul General's office. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and we. I think I tweeted about that the other day, where I said there. The Saudi or the Turks are going to start releasing audio on this. And when they start doing that, yeah. that is a pressure technique. You have to understand, now there's a three-way problem that's going on here. A devil's triangle. It's absolutely a devil's triangle. Yes. Donald Trump is going to be pressured by Turkey every day, secretly, to do something about Fatula Gulen, the American resident who lives in Pennsylvania, who runs all these charter schools, who Erdogan sees as his opponent. This is the guy that Mike Flynn was going to be paid $15 million to oh, kidnap. Wow. Remember okay. that? Yep. Now, so until Donald Trump starts making some concessions, Turkey is going to start slowly dripping out this information, which could destroy the U.S.-Saudi relationship. It will destroy all trust around the world with the Saudis, and it will call the Saudis out as the, as the totalitarian dictatorship yeah. that they are. They're a the- theocratic dictatorship. Now, it's a question to see how Trump plays to that. If he thinks that this is worth playing, you're going to hear the Turks back off on their release of audio and more details. If he can, they can get a concession out of him. If the Turks can't get a concession out of him, it's going to be a flood. They'll release yeah. the full yeah. audio, any video they have. Oh, it's going to be awful. Yeah, you tweeted Saudi's about to admit to, quote-unquote, accidental murder. Why? It's likely the Turks were about to release audio of the killing. What next? will be declared a rogue and unfortunate loyalist act by King Abdullah, all banished to Mecca, uh, so cannot be interrogated. Trump and MBS will claim victory. Yeah. Um, Good point and, there, by the way, about being banished to Mecca. That's a, This is the way that they get rid of people who are, who are bad. They don't kill you, right? When they send you to Mecca to pray for the rest of your life, like Idi Amin was banished to Mecca, yeah. right? Most people don't realize that. He died in Mecca praying for, for all the souls that he killed. This is a way of silencing people. It also is a way of maintaining the honor of the families. They, based on what I heard this morning uh, by Mike Pompeo, they are going to find a prince in that palace who will be a fall guy. Yeah. And it will be, see, the bark of truth. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> They're going to find a prince, and that prince is going to come out, and he's going to confess to have done all this behind the crown's back, and he is going to lose his life. For or he's not going to lose his life. He's going to be banished to Mecca, and this story's going to go away. And Donald Trump's going to go. Oh, just like Kavanaugh, everything is. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. this is the way it is. Yeah, oh, Kavanaugh, who's also guilty. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you tweeted about Trump saying he trusted uh, MBS's denials about Khashoggi. You said U.S. intelligence agencies likely gave you definitive evidence two weeks ago, but hey, you obviously don't believe them because American values and protecting uh, our citizens and residents gets in the way of your personal profit. I mean, here we go again. Right, it's a, it's another Russia story. This you will defend any murderous dictator if there's something in it for him, whether it's a stolen presidency, <clears throat> uh, and he's on tape talking about how much money he gets from the Saudis. Yeah, right? you know, and look, I know I haven't had my coffee yet, but it's yeah. time to to get into mode. Um, we are we have a president who is a tyrant, just like John Adams uh, predicted that we would have yeah. at some point. We would have a tyrant. Yeah. The problem with that is we have enough guardrails and systems in place to stop a tyrant. He loves dictators. He loves totalitarian rulers. He loves murderers. Yeah. And, and, al- and almost ad- gushes in admiration about, how, about Kim Jong-un. You know? And you know there are conversations about how, wow, if we could have you know, private prison camps, things wouldn't be so bad here. We have to understand that... Our system of government was not designed to have people like this in place. 
But we didn't think that we would have a Russian yeah. Soviet Politburo for a Congress who would literally abdicate their role in protecting the nation. And yeah. now it's cost a U.S. resident his life. And if it can cost someone like that his life, then what happens when they start, you know, arresting American citizens overseas and start holding them illegally? Yeah. Donald Trump won't come for you unless you're an evangelical priest. You know, it's yeah. just as simple as that. Um. Malcolm, here's another thing you never thought we'd be talking about. The President of the United States calling uh, a woman horse face yesterday. Uh, Michael McCain tweeted, Peak 2018 is being called horse face by uh, mushroom. <laughs> Stormy Daniels then. Mm-hmm. That's all a distraction, you know. Uh, it yes. Is. Volatile Mermaid tweeted, The 72-year-old President of the United States called a porn actress he cheated on his wife with horse face, and now the por- porn actress is making fun of his tiny... And suggesting he likes to animals uh, is not Damn. a sen- is not a sentence I ever thought I would type seriously. What did um, I miss on that flight over? I yeah. also want to point out: <laughs> didn't he tell Stormy that she reminded him of his daughter? Yes. What? Just yeah. gonna throw that out Why there. Why are you calling Ivanka horse face? <laughs> Why? Just throwing that out there. You know, just, Michael Avenatti think- is not punching hard enough on this. I mean, he's he's obviously posturing because anyone this would be so easy. You know, I could take any third-class petty officer in the Navy and and make better jokes about horse face and um, toad. Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) The thing thing that we keep talking about, wearing my third of my Blue Wave T-shirts, is I just don't – and I I did an event with Michael a couple weeks ago. And I I think he's a fighter. I think he's a great attorney and all that. But I just – I do not want to be talking about 2020. And I think he started a pack already, and I'm no. like, no, <laughs> no, all your, all our money, all our focus should be on what's happening in three weeks. Jamie yep. agrees. Yeah, the bow wow of truth cannot be held um, down. Yeah, and I don't think he helped us in the Kavanaugh thing, and, and I, I just think everybody's got to put their egos aside for what is happening in three weeks. And a lot of this is just, well, even this stuff, the, the horse-faced mushroom what? penis, <laughs> I mean, I'm like... Wow. Mitch McConnell just talked about that he's going to cut Social Security and Medicare because of their tax cuts for the rich. Yeah, I mean, and, and there are people campaigning, yeah. campaigning Republicans about how they're going to protect pre-existing conditions, how they're going to protect yeah. full access to health care, how they're going to protect Social Security and Medicare, full well knowing they are lying and have been yeah. given orders to destroy yeah. Social Security and Medicare. It's the last pot of money they haven't looted. And they say it every time. Tax, oh, tax cuts are going to pay for themselves. They're all on tape. Oh, yeah. And, no, no. Yeah. And the and problem now, is now it's don't... a bipartisan problem, Mitch McConnell. Oh, yes. You turtle mother. Oh. <laughs> now it's, oh, no, it's a bipartisan problem. We should have taken care of it under when Obama was in charge. Oh, my God. We were bipartisan under now, Obama. We should have done the it guy then. that just shoved a rapist, drunken perjurer through to the Supreme Court. Now he would like a little... It was like Ted Cruz interrupted the moderator last night to call for civility. He's like, ah, don't interrupt me. We need to start being civil to each other. Ted Cruz? I tell you, I saw part of that. Yeah. He really lives up to that uh, that saying, the most punchable mug yes. in, in Congress. I he don't does. know how Republicans like him. Maybe, yeah. they, maybe they just view him yeah. as, you know, as some sort of whipping boy, but he yeah. really is an unattractive yeah. candidate. I can see in, why in policy and and, mm-hmm. and that mug of his. I can see why he was scared to debate a Beto because yeah. I I thought Beto kicked his ass. I mean, I saw a few clips and I was like, wow, 
He comes across as attractive, articulate, you know. We need a lot more Bedouin in the Democratic Party. I mean, people need to start standing up and saying what they believe. I'm still hearing a lot of people pulling their punches and doing political speak. All the leashes have been let loose with Donald Trump. You can say whatever you want. So, you know, um, if I was a Marine Corps fighter pilot running in Kentucky, I'd start talking like I was in the flight room. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, it's time to start speaking your mind and stop pulling your punches. Yeah. Well, I say this often, Malcolm, that that's why, you know, I think I was so drawn to to, to you just because, you know, you're just like the blast furnace of truth. But also because I was saying I feel like a lot of former Republicans are the ones speaking with the most passion and urgency about what is happening to our country. Forget our, you know, your former party or my dad's former party or Goldwater's party. It's. I mean, Anna Navarro, she just tweeted, a U.S. permanent resident was turned into mincemeat by the Saudis. Thousands of Floridians lost their homes, thousands more are without power, and the President of the United States is on Twitter calling one woman Pocahontas and another one horse face. It must be Tuesday. Well, I mean, I, how, every day when you think this office in this country cannot be degraded anymore, he finds a way. But who's the Democrat who's going to stand up there on television and say what really needs to be said? And that's a simple... Stop listening to this moron. We have real issues. Florida has been destroyed. An American resident has been murdered. Stop listening to him. Start paying attention. You don't hear them say that. They never speak plainly. And this is why they lost. I think some do. I think some do. Who? Name them. I'm I'm in. Whoever it is, I'll back them. (laughs) They haven't been heard then. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Elizabeth Warren, again, I'm just sort of. I don't want any distractions before the, before the midterms right. because the, well, that whole fight is now it's about 2020. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it, it gives him a punching bag, which he wants. And you can't like, I was saying you can't play his stupid racist games with you with him. Right. Yeah. He wanted the Central Park five executed after the DNA evidence yeah. had exonerated them. He kept saying Obama wasn't born here after he released his birth certificate. But that's because people tend to engage in these debates with him. All right. Elizabeth Warren shouldn't have released that information before the midterms. You know, you've got to stop talking about everything. But when he yeah. does something stupid, all you have to do, it's a simple formula. Call out his stupid and say, that was stupid. Yeah. Let's now let's talk about what adult people can talk about. You sit over there and keep talking like a seven-year-old. I'm going to take care of America. Yeah. And they're not doing it. And so who warning orders to everybody out there who's on political staff, go up tell your boss. Start talking like you really feel when you're talking to other Democrats to the television cameras. Yeah. Or what just was tell them the baby oh, needs you a time retwe- out. You retweeted. Baby needs uh, a time out. You retweeted, uh, what was it, Mud, Phil Mud? Phil Mud. I said, honey, the pre- president needs to get off his fat ass and ask a couple basic investi- investigative questions. I told Phil, and I said, my, my next tweet was, hold my beer. <laughs> 21 <laughs> I, minutes. I will get my chance. 21 minutes after the hour. Responsible for these outrages. It's the Stephanie Miller Show. Stephanie Miller. 
Okay, it is the Stephanie Miller Show. Welcome to it. The Baby Fred is here. All right, Malcolm is probably out. Uh, I'm guessing he's cheating on me doing an appearance uh, somewhere else. Yeah. He's phoning in somewhere else. But he'll be back. <laughs> Live in studio. I don't is even he, care. Is he talking to Joe and me? I don't even care that that man's catting around on me. Okay. Uh, he's will be in studio with us uh, till what, 8 o'clock? Or? Yes. Okay. And Bob Seska coming up, Sally Cohn, and Joe Weinbanks all coming up. We're all uh, all in town for a Politicon. Very exciting show. Got a big full show. Right? Okay. Tomorrow's lineup. Oh, my goodness. What's tomorrow's lineup? Uh, we got Tom Perez, uh, your, your, your favorite cuddly Bill Crystal. Yes. <laughs> Carl Frisch, Jackie Schechter, and Dana Goldberg. Okay, good. So I will have to actually speak the words to Bill Crystal. Mm-hmm. You are right, Bill Crystal. Wow. Has that ever happened before? No, I'm not going to say that. I have to get all the snark out about the Iraq war before, because he's our, he's our, you know what? Bob Seska writes a great piece about this today. How we are, same thing Malcolm says, we are in such a dire place in our democracy period Mm -hmm. that we need all the allies we can get. We need the never Trumpers to join us in getting this traitor out of the Oval Office as soon as possible and fixing the damage that, that has happened so it doesn't happen again. You know, we'll go back to fighting later. We'll go back to going, you are always wrong, Bill Crystal. Rick Wilson, for instance, right? Former Republican strategist, uh, said, uh, you look like my daughter, Horseface. Now take my NDA money and don't talk about my comically shaped penis. The President of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Aren't we all just so proud to be Americans this morning? I I was more concerned. Do seriously, even Trumpers look at that and go, oh, that's... Fantastic. That's great. Oh, I'm sure they the do. The president of the United States just called a woman a horse face. Sure, they're all in. <sighs> okay. Uh, Anita in San Antonio. Hello, Anita. Hey, good morning, Steph. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Malcolm. He's, yeah, I'll tell him when he gets back. Yeah, he'll tell him. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, I think the Democrats, the office holders at least, are just so afraid. Are, are they, they listen to the mainstream media who keeps telling them that Democrats need to have a message. They can't just run against Trump. Which yeah, and I'm like, it's a good start. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, here's the message. Donald Trump <laughs> is an illegitimate president. Yeah. Incompetent. He's a moron. He's a misogynist. Yeah, he is a traitor to this country for his own interest, be they Russia, Saudi Arabia. Uh, they're going to cut your Medicare and Social mm-hmm. Security. There are a lot of things to run on. Uh, 29. And by the way, well, I, we do have good Democratic fighters. I was tired. I'm going to come back at Malcolm in a second. 29 minutes after the hour. Stephanie Miller Show. Stephanie Miller. Prepare to be knocked on your ass. It is the Stephanie Miller Show. Sorry, just a discussing show business. During the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 323 uh, 468-1135. Shouty McShout faces out shouting on the phone to someone else. Who is he cheating on me with? Do we know who he's cheating on me with? I'm guessing Joe and Minka. Oh. There's a devil's triangle for you. Pardon me? <laughs> There's a devil's triangle for you. <laughs> 
All right, Malcolm Nance will be back in the studio uh, in a moment. Uh, but look who's uh, speaking of sexy man me. Yes, sir. Dreamy, hunky men. Why? Bob Seska joins us now. We interrupt this program to bring you a special broadcast. You're cute and I love you, Bob Seska. Where are you coming from? Bob is calling us from Washington. You Seska thing. Go ahead. Washington, D.C. Just follow the money. Nah. Good morning, Bob Seska. How are you, sir? Good morning. What, does Malcolm Nance not want to talk to me? What's going on That's here? what it is. He said, when is Bob on? I'm going to go call someone else. <laughs> he didn't say that. He... I knew it. I knew that guy was up to something. <laughs> he's uh, No, he's a ninja. He'll be back in here before you know it. Um, okay, good, good. Good morning, Bob Seska. Good morning, uh, Stephanie Miller. And uh, good morning hey. to all the horse faces and mushroom penises in, in the audience. <laughs> Wow. You know, he also wow. said he's an environmentalist today. Did you see that news? He, mm. He's insisting now that mm-hmm. he's an environmentalist. Uh huh. <laughs> and, yeah. and by the way, he also weighs just 230 pounds. Sure. And he's, uh, he's totally not bald. <laughs> oh, my God. We I, Seriously, we have reached peak. This has got to be peak 2018, isn't it? I. Yeah, well, we always I, do that, don't we? <laughs> I know, right? We think, oh, no, he can't possibly. Uh, Look, yeah. there's a taller mountain over there. <laughs> Um, I will be interviewing Bill Crystal tomorrow. Uh, Travis is going to make Crystal Boy live tweet it because no one did more Bill Crystal bashing during the run up to the Iraq war than I did. Oh, yeah, but now yeah, I, the I entire know. interview will be I'll be a polite chipmunk. I'll be why, yes, Bill Crystal, you are correct. Yeah, see, something happened. Something strange happened. There was a turnover. It used to be that Bill Crystal is always wrong, and now Bill yes. Crystal is generally right. What yeah. kind of world are we living in now? Yeah, I like, don't understand anything. For instance, he just uh, tweeted, Trump isn't being played or conned by the Saudis. Trump is very much in on the con. The House of yeah. Trump and the House of Saud are collaborators in the cover-up. I mean, Bob... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've been saying this since day one, since, okay. the, since the Khashoggi story started. This sounds like there was, and it had to do, there was this, uh, this missionary who was released uh, that Trump is making a big deal about. That involved Turkey. Uh, you know, I, I, I hate to get tinfoil hat on all of this. Thank you. I said that yesterday. But yes. <laughs> something stinks. Something, and knowing how deeply uh, Donald Trump is, is in the pocket of the Saudis, knowing how deeply Jared Kushner is in the, in the pocket of uh, MBS, I mean, this is... This is very obvious. I mean, yeah. we don't have to know too much about Donald Trump at this point to understand what he's doing here. He's obfuscating with the same routine he yeah. always does with Russia. And what do we know about Donald Trump and Russia? This is all part of a big set of, of, of just criminality that he is not revealing. There's something further to this story that, that he is not telling us. And yeah. we need to get to the bottom I of said it. that yesterday, Bob. I'm like, I am not conspiratorial, I swear. And I was like, oh, my God. Did it, yeah. Exactly. I like, mean, what? It, how it, bad it, is this going to get? Because, it, you know, as Malcolm keeps saying, he would have had all of this intelligence two weeks ago. And he's continuing yeah. to lie for the Saudis. Right, right. I mean, let's not, let's not be naive about this. We're right. talking about Donald Trump. I mean, we have seen... Uh, one episode after another of Donald Trump covering up his criminality, covering up these shady deals that he's in, covering up all of these sources of cash that he needs now because he is probably broke and deeply in debt. He's got this giant nut to cover as far as his daily expenses with the Trump Organization and everything else, the Golden Penthouse and all of this, uh, all of these properties. 
He doesn't have any money. He, I mean, he, Charlie Pierce said it yesterday on the show. He, he, if he had, if he was going to pay a million dollars to Elizabeth Warren, he couldn't do it because he doesn't have it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I and by the way, this is I already, I've already referenced your piece this morning. I, I don't know if you heard, but it, it is yeah. a great idea. It's called "Calling on a Coalition of Normals." Let's reform the presidency to prevent another Donald Trump. Liberals and conservatives should now have a unifying cause, making sure this tragic farce can't happen again. Um, and so you talk about making an alliance with Never Trump conservatives. It's now, in a word, mandatory uh, to repair the structural damage of the Trump presidency. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a, yeah. I think this is a, a mandatory, like, as the article says, I think this is a mandatory thing that, that has to be done. There has not been uh, this much of a, a commonality between moderate conservatives and the left ever. I mean, yeah. I can't remember the last time we were on the same page with moderate conservatives about anything, and this is it. And so why don't we, I mean, I've always said in the days after 9-11, George W. Bush could have united the world. I mean, we could have done so many amazing things with medical technology and science and space exploration, improving the planet, and having this cooperative effort around the world. He could have used that attack as a unifying message to to, to create this cooperative sense of of, of mutual benefit around the world. And he didn't do it. And here we are in a similar situation where you've got moderate conservatives who hate Donald Trump. You've got liberals, obviously, who hate Donald Trump. Why don't we get together and, and solve this problem, not just by getting Donald Trump out of office, but then creating a, a reconstruction environment where we fix all of these gaping loopholes that Trump has exposed in the system. And the only way to do that is with Republicans and yeah. Democrats well, and here we, together. Because we're it, all, the, the, if it's just the Democrats, we're the only ones who convince other Democrats. We're not going to be able to convince anyone outside of that bubble. Yeah. So why not work with Republicans who hate Donald Trump just as much as we do? Yeah. Um, and spe- you know, and as we're speaking, and you mentioned 9-11, huh, who's behind that? Saudi Arabia. How many of the hijackers were Saudi? And now we have a president who makes his first state visit to Saudi Arabia to line right. his own pockets. I mean, yeah, and his son-in-laws. Did, uh, he did a huge deal, I think a $110 billion deal in that very first trip that he made. And with Jared Kushner, who got a, a special dispensation from his Judaism wait. to travel on Shabbat. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, wait, are you talking about the arms the arms deal? Because that's a, uh, that's a bull number, just so you know. That, uh, oh, well. Yeah. First of all, it was a lot of stuff that was already agreed to under the Obama administration. It was not anywhere near that number. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of them were just like memos. It's not even a, a he's just a, he's a con man. Anyway. Yeah, he's just, he, what he does is he creates these memos yeah. and these, these things that aren't really accomplishments. Right. So he can frame them as accomplishments. But that yeah. was, I was just referencing his first official state visit as yeah. president, which was to Saudi Arabia with yeah. Jared Kushner. I mean, who Bob, was able to travel on Shabbat for some reason. You know, I, again, it, we're not going to suddenly agree with a lot of the you never Trumpers when all this is done, but you're absolutely right. I agree with Max Boot. This party in its form has to be burned to the ground to, yeah, to create yeah. a sensible center right party in this country out of the ashes, something that, you know, my dad at Goldwater would would recognize as as decent sure. as decent human beings, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, uh, again, this isn't a matter of issues. This is not a matter of policy. That's a separate discussion. We can talk about and debate the issues and where we should go. Uh, you know, secondary to this, but I think the primary thing is repairing this damage. Yeah. And and there are very specific things that can be done. 
And I think some of them require constitutional amendments. I think yeah. what we're talking about here is enforceability more than anything else. Well, Donald Trump has, has just danced all over the emoluments clause without yeah. any enforcement whatsoever. No, you, that needs to be fixed. Yeah, you laid out a very specific list, Bob. It makes a lot of sense. Well, first of all, you say the left-right rejection of Trumpism forms a significant enough Venn diagram uh, can be parlayed into a working coalition to set the process of getting Trump out of the White House as quickly as possible and promoting a series of reforms, establishing, reinforcing, and reconciling Constructing many of the rules of the presidency. I mean, you're right. The, the, the stuff that we never thought we'd have to do until the president has so thoroughly broken this office. But you say things like seriously taking, you know, the, the, taking seriously divestiture of business interests, new re- re- regulations on use of social media and presidential record acts, bans on nepotism, new financial disclosure rules, mandatory release of tax returns, on and on. Right? I mean, yeah. All, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and obviously this president has used, I mean, one of the most egregious things that he's done, and this is one of the major, major loopholes that can be easily repaired, either through legislation or through a constitutional amendment, and that is the fact that every weekend, you know, I don't care if Donald Trump plays golf. I would much rather have him playing golf than governing, right. quite honestly, because when he's governing, it's a disaster. When he's playing golf, it's only a Twitter disaster. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, uh, every single one of those trips, whether it's the Bedminster, or whether it's to Mar-a-Lago or anywhere in Sterling and so on, these are all trips in which we're paying him. Taxpayers are paying Donald Trump to have a weekend off. And this goes beyond his presidential salary. Yeah. We're actually directly paying the Trump organization. The Trump organization is profiting off American taxpayers. And how about these so campaign Trump rallies? These these, yeah, these ego rallies. And, and, yeah. and, and so he, he can go and he can play golf and he can yell at the at Fox News Channel uh, in between holes, and, and this, is, this is what we're paying him to do. This is a major scam. He is profiteering off of the American presidency, and he shouldn't be allowed to do this. And there are certain rules and certain strictures on the presidency where that's not allowed, but, of course, he doesn't care, and there's no enforceability of any of these things. Yeah. So these are just, I mean, one of a series of things that can be done in the wake of Donald Trump to make sure, and this is key, we cannot have another Donald Trump. Trumpism has to end with Donald Trump. If there is yeah. further presidential candidates who are running on a Trumpism-like platform, yeah. it's just we're, we might as well just well, go right and, to President Camacho. Right. We are idiocracy. <laughs> right. Drink your Brondo and shut up. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, Bob, it's already happening. You know, Travis hands me a different story every day from some different horrible Republican candidate saying some horrible sexist racist misogynistic what who's today's one about it's not rape and left uh, she screams i mean it's oh, like God. The, oh, yeah, one of them is more horrible than the next one they're, and they're all running on trumpism basically you say yeah, whatever outrageous a- sexist racist homophobic thing you want right exactly and it's and it's also the tone i mean we saw the other story uh it seems like three weeks ago but it was i think it was yesterday with the Republican candidate for governor in Pennsylvania talking about how he wants to stomp the current governor with his spiked golf shoe. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind, yeah. this is tr- pure and simple Trumpism. And that's where with both sidesism drives me crazy, Bob, because that is a specific yeah. person threatening specific violence on another specific person. It is not, yeah. you know, you can't compare it to what Eric Holder said. And besides the fact that it's a ridiculously elitist threat, we've. Yeah, we we're, we're, we're like, what's next? I shall pelt you with my great poupon, sir. <laughs> the golf shoe—it's—it's it's so. 
It's so elitist. It really, really I is. shall have my manservant <laughs> conk you with a silver tray. Hold my three iron. I say, Jeeves, go over and beat that man with my golf shoe. <laughs> yes, I will, sir. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's so, it's so funny that, oh, God, these people yeah. are just ridiculous. I mean, usually, it, it used to be they used to just shoot things in the yeah. political ads. Where do, oh, we hate Obamacare. Let's shoot it. Yeah. That, that'll show them. Yes. That'll show that Obamacare legislation to, you know, give people health care. Yeah. But now it's just this obnoxious That's, we should start that eliminationist rhetoric yeah we should start that uh, twitter trend uh, elite or what do you call it uh, you know rich white rich white guy threats right yeah yeah <laughs> i shall I mean, I trample think... you with my polo pony sir <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious that, that the republicans the trumpers are complaining about uh violent mobs on the left uh when there really hasn't been any violence on the left and, and in fact you go back to the campaign and it's donald trump who's talking about knock the crap out of this yeah. person and knock the crap out yeah. of that person and that's uh, you know again that's the that's one of the many things that cannot survive in you right Republic. bob this is malcolm shouting shouting shout faces back um oh, you yeah. you did a pop quiz the last republican uh, president to leave office with a deficit lower than when he was inaugurated was Eisenhower, Eisenhower. Uh, and you said Mitch McConnell just announced cuts to Medicare because of Trump's $800 billion deficit. Use this, Democrats. Um, Malcolm, you had said earlier that, you know, Democrats are not fighting the way you'd like them to. But I got to tell you, two of them that are going to be on Sexy Liberal Panel in two weeks, Adam Schiff and uh, uh, Ted Lieu. Oh, except those two guys. No, but Eric, (laughs) everybody out here, I think, Eric Swalwell, I mean, Kamala Harris, I mean, I do think we have a lot of... You've got to give California Dems uh, Maxine Waters, our friend Maxine Waters. I'm going to see her next week. I'm going to strong-arm her into doing Sexy Liberal, by the way. You're making this happen. (laughs) (laughs) I am reclaiming her time. We'll be seeing them this weekend at Politico. I know, I know. Oh, my God, he's hilarious. Yeah, he is great. Yeah, you want a motivation. You want some motivation to to vote on November 6th, as if anyone really needs that at this point. But, I mean, we need everyone we can get. Think about this. Adam Schiff is going to become the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, and he's going to have subpoena power. He's going to have power to call (laughs) hearings. I mean, we're talking about Donald Trump Jr. being publicly interrogated for 11 hours in front of the House Judiciary Committee on CNN, C-SPAN, MSNBC, and every point in between. He shall melt into a little little pool of pomade. Yeah, I mean, that's why I am voting. (laughs) (laughs) Just to see that. Right. It's just his head will explode, and there'll be nothing but a globule of pomade left on the chair. (laughs) Of man hair product. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Love you, Bob. Uh, Love you, Stephanie. Love you, Malcolm. Bye. Love you, too. See you next week. All right, 49 minutes after the hour. Shouting shout faces back to shout at you about voting. We uh, We will be right back with that. In a perfect world. There would be no right-wing talk radio. Until then, there's The Stephanie Miller Show. Stephanie Miller. Uh huh. It is the Stephanie Miller Show. Malcolm Nance, live in studio.
Okay. Three two three. He's back. Three two three four six eight one one three five. Malcolm, we were. Oh, by the way, um, cue my uh, Sean Comiskey by uh, ISDN line. Um, Aunt Krabby says Mike Pence. I don't even know what that is. Hmm? ISDN line. Yes. That's how you talk to somebody in a remote location. Oh, oh, okay. oh, I know what you're saying. Mike Pence is now under investigation for finance fraud, links to Manafort, and Russian money, says Watch uh, says Watchdog. Uh, this is, a, where was this? Uh, Washington Daily Wire, right? Mike Pence is up to his albino eyebrows in this. Thank you, Sean, for checking in from Kansas. Um, wow, okay. Wait, I've always said this. Where did that voice come from? That's in, it's in, it's my, in, it's in my box. Wow. Yeah. It's like God. When Sean goes on vacation, Stephanie just puts them in her box. Yeah. See, when I call Sean my, my radio son, I'm not oh, kidding. He, he springs from my box. <laughs> okay. My sound effects box. I you? was literally, yeah. literally surprised by that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've always Ryan said. great voice work. I've always said Mike Pence is in this. Yes, uh, and that's very true. We've been saying that for about two yes. years now by my watch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it's not that Mike Pence was not involved. Right. It's just that the reporting of Mike Pence's involvement has been horrible. Yeah. All right. And if there's anything that my, my favorite Natasha Bertrand can get on to is mm, start looking into that Pence action because, you know, I mean, this there's nothing that Donald Trump could have done here that he would not have known about. Yep. Or been an active. He's in charge of the transition. Yeah. And, I mean Well, there's there's I know way back when when uh, Michael Flynn was talking to the Russians. Yeah. In his indictment, they said a very senior campaign official had was in Mar-a-Lago and had given the orders, the go-ahead for Mike for Mike Flynn to talk to the Russians. That was not Donald Trump. Yeah. That could only have been Mike Pence. Mike Pence was the only one there yeah. at that time. All right, we're going to have you break down. Yeah, reporting this morning, Mueller is set to deliver key findings in Russia probe, not until after the midterms. We're going to get Malcolm's take on that. Ha ha. Not going to go away now, are you? No. No. 58 minutes after the hour. It's the Stephanie Miller Show. It is the Stephanie Miller Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're looking at. Malcolm Nance live in studio, bitches. And not only that, he's going to be back on Friday yep. with Fernand Armand. Heart <sighs> throbbing. All right. You just had an orgasm. I did, a little tiny bit. Okay. It was, tant- it was tantric. Yourself. Huh? Or you peed yourself. What? Okay. That, that At my age, who can tell? <laughs> <laughs> Anything going on down there is good. Like, oh, something's happening. Oh, all right. That's just the super beats. <laughs> Whoa, is it Mueller time? Woo! Squirt. Okay. 323-468-1135. Uh, all right. So, Malcolm, obviously, big news. Uh, Bob Mueller is ready to deliver his key findings, but not until after the midterms and the investigation. Trump Russia, according to two U.S. officials, uh, not clear whether Mueller's findings will be made public if he doesn't obtain unsealed indictments. However, the regulations and investigation permit Mueller to reveal his findings findings only to his U.S. Justice Department supervisor, 
who is, of course, currently Rod <clears throat> Rosenstein. The probe supervisor then has discretion over what is given to Congress and what is revealed to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, hard to uh, say how big a deal this is, why what happens at the midterms is so critical, right? Tell, tell us why. Yeah, absolutely. Well, most importantly, you have to understand that there is this span of time called two years, which will occur after the midterm. Yeah. So someone can say this, you know, in reporting, but they didn't say immediately after the midterm. I suspected that within, the, with, within a period of time after the midterms that they would be coming out. But key findings are just that. They are a summary of findings, a series of bullet points. So that doesn't mean that this is going to be the basis of an indictment. It yeah. could just be a summary going to Rod Rosenstein and Rod Rosenstein could share that with them. Uh, we've already found key findings before. I mean, when the Central Intelligence Agency, Director of National Intelligence, released their key findings about the Russian hacking of the election. This is going to be a lot more in-depth about what he found with people who were involved in the probe, or as I call it, the plot to commit treason, right? So, <laughs> yes. foreshadowing. Yes. So, w- what he will generally come out with is is a report, a very short report, almost an executive summary yeah. of what he's got thus far and whether he needs to, I think, whether he needs to continue with further investigation. Yeah. But again, I think this will be one of many shoes to drop. It'll be like a rainstorm of shoes. Right. But Travis? Can he make it like 10 pages long? That way Trump won't read it. Right. It's too long. Oh, yeah. no, it'll be much <laughs> bigger than that. Well, but I, it, obviously the common wisdom <laughs> is that he's going to fire Rosenstein and Sessions. After the midterms, right? I mean, so I think the problem, I mean, what, what is terrifying is that he obviously will make this go away. He, he, you know, clearly wouldn't answer when Leslie Stahl kept asking, are you going to fire Mueller? I mean, or he's going to put someone in charge that, that will make sure he never sees the light of day, right? No. And these, okay. This report will see the light of day. Okay, let's just get that off the table. You guys think that they're just automatons and they just put a piece of paper on someone's desk and that paper disappears into a safe? It does not work that way, okay? This stuff will fall off in front of the New York Times and the Washington Post by the pallet if the report is spiked and killed by someone for politics. Believe me, no one likes Something else just happened down there again. (laughs) Squirt. Oh, my God. What? Misty Frank. But uh, as I was saying... Uh, this 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 report will not fall apart. And yeah, yeah. however, for those of you who think that this is the impeachment document, this is the discussion of Russia and whether there was conspiracy between people in the United States yeah. government and the and the government of Russia. We already know that that has occurred because we had people confess to it in their lies to the FBI. Yeah. I'm looking at you, George Papadopoulos, who keeps trying to tweak me on Twitter. All right, you you're can, in a Twitter fight with someone different every week. Which no, is what Papadopoulos I love came up out of nowhere and decided he <laughs> wanted to take on the big dog. And you know the funny thing is, Mister Convicted Felon, don't come after someone who is honorably retired of decades of service in the right. U.S. intelligence community with your convict-like talk, right? Right, and right. Uh, you know, use your pen trying to stab me in the butt or something. Right, I don't know. So that's. That's what this guy is. He's the fat kid from Dead, Deadpool 2. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. So we were talking about uh, Democrats being fighters. Uh, Jim Hines, your new congressional spirit animal. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, okay. But it, here he is. Let's talk. It, Sarcasm much here. Yes. Okay. But uh, obviously, we're talking about Saudi Arabia 
What a horrifying thought. You know, the president of the United States would be manipulated by a, by, by a foreign power. Where, where have I heard that possibility before? Um, <laughs> you know, what he's doing really, though, is he's, is he is he's trading in rumors, which is not a helpful thing at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, went on to say, of course, the other thing he's doing is he's, he's sort of gambling with his own credibility. He did say, you know, that would be bad. He did say that there would be strong punishment if this happened. He said that. Uh, now the question, and the world will be watching, uh, is will he follow through? Because it's looking more and more like, in fact, the Saudis did this. Yeah, this is what I keep saying. Is so, And obviously he's doubling down on the, oh, you know, here we go again with, you know, guilty till proven innocent. Just or, like you know, Kavanaugh. Inno- and, here's, yeah. and here's where the scandal's going to come in. We're going to yeah. find out from someone in Congress at some point that he was informed within hours yeah. of that murder, if not within the hour of that murder through the critical communication system that we have in the intelligence community that informs the president in five minutes, no more than 10 minutes from when a critical national security event has occurred, like the murder of a Washington Post columnist. Yeah. I can even imagine the guy writing that up right now. Yep. One sentence, Washington Post murders. Yep, one more. Jim Hunt. The Saudi uh, regime is trying to figure out how to make this as, as least catastrophic as it can be. And quite frankly, it worries me with the president trading in rumors and maybe repeating the trial balloons that the Saudis are running. It sort of feels like maybe he uh, is trying to help the Saudis put the, fi- the whatever fine face you can put on this. Yeah, he really, probably is like, yeah, listen, 400-pound guy, that worked for me. We'll try that one. Let's try that. Where did the, where did, I can tell you how this conversation happened between Donald Trump and Mohammed bin Salman and King Salman. It was like, listen, we, we don't have any of the facts. Let us take care of it. We'll take a look at it yeah. because, you know, we have the finest intelligence. We know you weren't involved. <laughs> this man, yeah. he goes into conspiracy with people like him all the time. This is yeah. mafia-like work, and that's what the Robert Mueller report is going to report. Yep. Karen in Chicago, you're on with Malcolm. How exciting Hi. for you. Good and morning. Me. Yes, I am very excited. So, Malcolm, I just want to thank you because you act as both a taser and a binky to all of us. So. <laughs> I'm writing right? that down. Right? The taser he's binky. A, he's the human carrot and the stick. I'm a binky yeah, with lasers in its eyes. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so but I, I, did, I want to return the favor, so I tweeted mm-hmm. to you in a warning. Just be very careful, Malcolm, because mm-hmm. very few men, men that have been to Steph's basement have been able to avoid being put in her box. Oh. So just, Excuse me? I've yeah. been boxed in a lot down here. Yeah, be careful. So I'm, looking anyway, for, I'm looking for my sploosh sound effect currently. Go ahead. <laughs> Because Malcolm, makes, Malcolm makes me sploosh with certain Trump Russia news. That's it. Because, because I am a liberal helper, I just want to say that, you know, Whoa. as far as Democrats speaking plainly, mm. um, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, Maxine Waters, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and Ted Lieu are people that I have heard speaking very plainly regarding yep. what's going on. Yep. Um, Elizabeth so Warren. They are. Yeah. yeah, no, I I think they're out there. I just think that, you know, once again, the so-called liberal media, you know, is not doing their due diligence and they're kind of jumping on the narrative with, you know, Republicans, you know, and chastising Democrats for creating circuses or, yeah. you know, incivility, you know, things like yeah. that. So, you know, really, if you go to... I, the- see, and this is where you know, I... Right, Karen, I've said this before, Malcolm, that I get where, you know, as leader, Pelosi can't be saying, yes, we're impeaching. But I think, I think, and I know you do too, but I think the Mueller evidence is going to be so overwhelming that they, they will have no choice 
But I, but I get them saying, you know, her saying we're not going to run on it because then it looks like a rush to judgment to the American people but, before Mueller's report is done. But as a caucus, they need to start speaking the way that the yeah. Republicans do as a body. Yeah. Instead yeah. of saying, oh, well, that's unfortunate. They need to come out and say, oh, I'm sorry, we're standing close to treason at this point. Everybody yeah. right. should be using the same phrase if it shows that. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. all for getting the facts and everything. Yeah. But when Donald Trump comes out and says something stupid, yeah. the first words out of a politician, out of an opposition's mouth should be almost like question time with the prime minister in England. And you should be able to say, I'm sorry, that was stupid. Yeah. And we should not be repeating this stupidity. Yeah. Right. Because, well, Karen, you know me when, we, when they go low, I go to my basement. So yeah, at, no, and, anything and, he and, says, and, I would just say porcini penis says what? Yeah, and, and really, too, let's to carry that into the press briefings, right? You know, look at Sarah Huckleberry Dingleberry, and she's right. not pushing what? back. Yeah. Right? She yes. doesn't push. Nobody pushes back. That was back very, very immature of you to call her ding- Dingleberry. Oh, I'm sorry. Really I was. Apologize. Very, very immature. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I have been on this show. What? Hmm? I said okay. I have been on this show. This is this is why he likes me because I'm just like being back on the loading dock. It is okay. Um, by the way, speaking of fighting back, everybody loves these new uh, Richard Linkletter ads against Ted Cruz because they're uh, I, they're fantastic. That this is old the new guy. Yeah, this is the new uh, the new one. The new. Uh, come on, Let's Ted. Come on, Ted. Here we go. It's about White Castle. Here we go. Triple meat, water burger, liberal. What does that even mean, Ted? I mean, everybody I know in Texas likes Whataburger. Just as a consumer, I'm a big fan of eating White Castle burgers. I like their little burgers. I don't even know what that is. There's not a White Castle within 900 miles of Texas, Ted. Uh, Maybe up in Canada, (laughs) but not in Texas. He doesn't even know the word sliders. (laughs) (laughs) Mini sliders. I like their little burgers. Are you kidding? I, I love some white castle. Little burgers. No, that is code word for I love your homes. I love that guy. Come on, Ted. Those on, are Ted. great ads. Yeah. Who was right. putting those out? Richard uh, Linkletter. The uh, famous director. Yeah. Is did, that right? Uh, mm-hmm. The one who did Boyhood and Days of Confused. And- yep. why, why? He should be making national ones for yeah. Trump. Yeah. Um, how about a little uh, Beto from uh, last night? He nailed him on this the one. The ass-kicking of Ted Cruz. Oh, by the way, Beto remember baby. Trump said, uh, gonna have the big, we're going to find the biggest stadium in Texas to have a rally for Ted Cruz. There's several of them that are around 100,000 in yeah. Texas. The one that they're using is 8,000, apparently. And how many people attend? <laughs> no, it hasn't happened yet. 12. But that's the, it seats 8,000, the one when he said he's, gonna, he's going to the biggest stadium mm-hmm. in Texas. Several uh, available yeah. that, you know, hmm. oh, well. Okay, here is uh, last night. Cruz is not going to be honest with you. He's going to make up positions and votes that I've never held or have ever taken. He's dishonest. It's why the president called him <laughs> lying Ted, and it's why the nickname stuck, because it's true. Oh, my God, did you see Cruz just, like, chuckling like a frat douche the whole way? <laughs> oh, did you hear about the part? <laughs> The best part was they asked him, five seconds of silence, actually. They asked him, what's one thing you've done outside of your political career to help people? Yeah. And Ted literally just looked at him with a blank look, looked <laughs> down his microphone, shook his head, 
didn't know how to respond about something good you've done outside of your political career. God. My Lord Satan does not be allowed to that tells answer you everything that you I'm know. sorry, I was thinking about Little Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the White Castle, baby. Come on, Ted. All right. My health Texas says in three weeks. Come on, Ted. You know, what was the movie with the two stoners who go to White Castle? Uh, oh, Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. That one was in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Like right. Cherry Hill. All right. 19 minutes after the hour, Malcolm Nance live in studio. Think, Dolly, think. There must be something really rotten we can do today. It's the Stephanie Miller Show. Sailors are. It is the Stephanie Miller Show. Malcolm Nance live in studio. Yeah. 323-468-1135. Uh, Sue in Rockville, you're on with Malcolm. Sue. Hello. Hello. Hey. Good I met everyone. Sue finally. Yes. Yes, Malcolm. And thank you through you. I got to meet the fabulous Chris Sampson, and I thank you very much for that. All right. Um, I want to expand just a little bit about Mike Pence and how complicit he is, because the media has so failed... His brother, um, Ed Pence, has spent over 30 years just retired as an executive to Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S. Cummins is a major, heavy uh, uh, moving equipment. They've been working with Russia, have made billions off of Russia, working with Russian government, including um, Kamaz, and also linked to Oleg Deripaska. And when we look at the reason, why did Manafort lie to Trump and insist that Pence become the VP, which we know happened, we have to look at the relationship of Ed Pence, his loyalty to Russia. Cummins is based in Indiana, and the whole thing sinks to high heaven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Amongst other things. I right. mean, I... I think Sue's right. He had all those relationships. And those relationships, you know, this is really funny. I don't see these these enormous um, uh, uh, business relationships amongst Democrats that I meet. Yeah. To where somebody goes, oh, you got to meet my brother Rob because he runs a cupcake stand in New York City and has 5,000 across the United States. And he gives a million dollars to the Democratic Party. I don't meet those people. Yeah. But I meet them all the time. In the Republican Party yeah. to where, oh, you need to meet this guy because he runs the largest diesel engine producer in the United States and has contracts with Russia and yeah. also thinks that women should be locked up in a cage and wear red robes and white hoods. <laughs> okay. Uh, Craig in Salt Lake City. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Welcome. This is my, uh, my favorite time of the week is when you're on, so yeah. good to hear your voice again. Me too. Hey. Um, <laughs> hey, I've got your, uh, your your new book, The Plot to Destroy Democracy, just came. I'm going to plan on reading it this weekend. Looking forward to a few sleepless nights as I go through that. Yes. You're in Salt Lake City? I am. Well, how, where are you going to get the liquor to read that with? 
there's an Air Force base up north of you. If you drive out and wait out near the front gate, <laughs> someone will bring you some. All right, go ahead. <laughs> hey, um, I had heard in the news uh, last week um, just a little blurb about a uh, uh, someone burning the uh, troll factory, the, the building in St. Petersburg that the Russians were, were using uh, down with a Molotov cocktail. Have yeah. you heard anything about Yes. That? Did you, I think you guys were As Travis that. says, the most Russia story ever. The most Russia story <laughs> ever. On. You know, and next thing you know, all of those people who were on duty at that place that were indicted will all die in a fiery limo crash. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All <laughs> right. It happened. 29 minutes. He's scary. Let's go back to splooshing. 29 minutes after the hour, Malcolm Nance live in studio. You alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Mm. It is the Stephanie Miller Show. Malcolm Nance live in studio. Three two three four six eight one one three five. Um, all right. So uh, Lindsey Graham is being very butch about Saudi Arabia, isn't he? <laughs> I she's mean, gonna, she's gonna pull a muscle. <laughs> she keeps this up. <laughs> well, he's gonna. I mean, Congress is gonna have to force him. Right, just like it's, they did on Russia to yeah. do something, aren't they? Are we talking about yes. our Congress? Yes. Yeah, sure. Right. After the midterms, everything that's happening right now is posturing, uh, especially Lindsey yeah. Graham. Yeah, I, this I'm is sorry. His, this is can't best believe monologue a since... word out of his mouth. You have it? Yeah. No, I was going to say this is his best monologue since his Lady Macbeth uh, audition at the Kavanaugh hearings. <laughs> Nothing happens in Saudi Arabia without MBS knowing it. Who's MBS? He's the 33-year-old crown prince who mm-hmm. jumped um, over other people. He's the son of the existing king, and I think he's on a, on a bad track. I can never do business with Saudi Arabia again uh, until we get this behind us. Right. Mm. Or until you donate to me, and then I, as somebody wrote on Twitter yesterday, I'll, I'll right. come over and kiss your camels and rub your orbs. I also like to point out, I don't know if that was... I du- feel like Lindsey Graham has done a sword dance. Am I... Oh, yeah. All right. All right. I, I don't know who that was, if it was Ducey or Kilmeade, but one of them had to ask, who's MBS? Come on. <laughs> Fox Now, is that a rapper? <laughs> who is that? Okay. <laughs> oh, here that means I'm not going back to Saudi Arabia as long as this guy's in charge. So you're telling the crown oh, prince my. has to leave. It's up to them, but I'm not going back. I've been their biggest defender on the floor of the United States Senate. This guy is a wrecking ball. He had this guy murdered in a consulate in Turkey, and to expect me to ignore it, I feel used and abused. I was on the floor every time defending Saudi Arabia because there's a good ally. He will definitely be on the fainting couch. I'm sorry, I have to interject. (laughs) This reminds me of the scene in The Life of Brian where they have the, the, was it the the king or the prince or whatever? Yeah. and all the Roman guards are laughing at him every time he says something because he's so out there. Yes. Can we just? I cut? declare I will be on the veranda. I, sorry, I, have, I have a good friend in Rome. I want to cut and isolate just that. I feel used and abused and left on the floor. I, I, <laughs> I surely do. I spilled my mint julep now. Look what you made me Look do. Look what you made me do, girl. 
<laughs> There's a difference between a country and an individual. The MBS figure is, to me, toxic. He can never be a world leader on the world stage. So what does the president do? Sanctions? It's up to the president. But what I would do, I know what I'm going to do. We're going to sanction the hell out of Saudi Arabia. Sure. You know, we deal with bad people all the time, but this is in our face. I, I feel really personally is. offended. They have nothing but contempt for us. Why would you put a guy like me and the president in this box right. after all the president has done? This guy's got to go. Saudi Arabia, if you're listening, there are a lot of good people you can choose, but MBS has tainted your country and tainted himself. Oh, he's Lindsey's. He's on a swearing. I'm. I, I'm gonna sanction the hell out of him. That's all I'm gonna do. He bought a roll of quarters for that swearing box. Look at him. Oh, he's a tough guy. Didn't he just drop an S bomb on CNN? Was that? Uh, last oh. week. He said yes. I don't. I just. I don't give a. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. If you listen to that quote, though, where he mm. says he's like, a, it's, a country is not a person. It sounds like he could be talking about Donald Trump. He's like, this yeah. guy's toxic. Everything he says about MBS yeah, exactly. is, is like, wow, you just described Donald Trump perfectly. He's yeah. got to go. He's toxic. He's not good for the country. Exactly. Uh, okay, Malcolm, I have a little yes. tr- uh, Trump Russia stack for you. Hang Yay. on. Hold, please. You brought your homework? So, this obviously always, you know, it's weird how many suicides have been you know, connected to Trump, Russia. But so uh, Peter Smith, remember, Republican operative, uh, who uh, raised $100,000 in the hope of attaining Hillary Clinton's emails from hackers, was in contact with Michael Flynn as far back as 2015. Um, He allegedly died by suicide last year, told associates during the presidential campaign he was using the retired general's connections to help him on the email project. Um, New York Magazine raises the possibility Smith was murdered the Mueller, and that Mueller is investigating it. Uh, it, he, it is looking increasingly plausible that somebody, in fact, killed him. Well, it was right after he started talking to the press, right, mm-hmm. that he suddenly, yeah. Um, oh, and in a blow to, to right-wing conspiracy theorists and uh, Trump, the Wall Street Journal says no evidence has emerged that hackers ever obtained Mrs. Clinton's emails and the FBI didn't find any evidence that her personal service had been compromised. Oh, God, why do we even have to write that down? I know. This is I know. two years. We have known no one has ever gotten her secure her emails from her secure, physically secured server. Right. inside her residence, which had Secret Service protection. No hacking. It was all a psychological warfare trick, and the right wing fell for it. And now, two years later, it's going to cost a lot of people their livelihoods. Yeah. And I hope some of them their freedom. Yeah. Talking yeah. to you, George Papadopoulos. Boink. Okay. That's my... We need my... Our there you go. Which is totally different than Sploosh. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, thank you. Um, a member of Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort is helping a former and current Trump aides fight against Mueller's investigation. Um, some, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Robert. Oh, Anthony uh, Lomangino, that guy. He owns a, uh, a, a you know, waste hauling company, like Tony Soprano. Lomangino. <laughs> but you I mean, doing? how are you doing? So he gave $150,000 to support legal defense funds. I mean, I, Malcolm, it is still amazing to me that this is a partisan issue, that there are people... They clearly can see the same thing we do and don't care that that this president is illegitimate. They're just trying to see like how can we help you get away with this? That's right. right. It, well, it's like look at all this voter suppression going on. They don't care if they cheat as long as they win. Donald Trump made it very clear in his interview with Leslie Stahl the other day. What do we? What does it mean? We won. Yeah. What do we care? Mm-hmm. We yeah. won. Yeah. Don't care and if Doctor Ford's telling the truth. They don't care. Yeah. And this is fundamentally part of the problem. All right. This is not dialogue. This is not debate. 
Okay, this is engineering a result, and that is fundamentally un-American. Yeah, yep. and there are people who are willing to put enormous quantities of money to allow this this to get away, uh, allow them to get away with technically stealing the United States government. Yeah. And when it comes out, in the end, as I've said for over two years now, we are in a era of Benedict Arnold. A Bened- I say a Benedict Arnold yeah. moment. Yeah. This is the new era of Benedict Arnolding. And I yeah. think that it's going to be very apparent that people conspired with Russia to steal an election. And yeah. now they want to validate that. Yeah. No, you're not going to get away with it. Well, I mean, they've become the party of cheating. I mean, yes. if, if you look by at all, all of means these necessary, all of these laser focused voter suppression efforts, they are they are basically saying we can't win in the battle of ideas. We can't win the generational battle. We can't win the demographic battle. So, I mean, so we have the ACLU fighting this this Georgia voter suppression that is clearly designed to, to make uh, Stacey Abrams lose, right. try to suppress the yeah. black vote. They're trying to suppress the Native American vote in North, in North, North Dakota, Dakota right. so that Heidi Heitkamp loses. Again, people are, are on the ground fighting that, trying to – because, again, I keep saying, Malcolm, we cannot give up. We cannot let them depress our spirit and go, oh, it's rigged. They're going to – you know, and what, what's the point? We've got to swarm the polls, right? We've got to Yeah, and there is time, and there is people fighting – Listen, you're absolutely right. And another thing that we're horrible at, again, is Democrats don't do bumper sticker slogans very well. They say things like, make America great again. Uh, You know, psychological warfare can be played both ways. If I were to run a bumper sticker factory, and I would come out with a couple of bumper stickers which are very uh, basic and functional, Republicans can't govern. Yeah. That's it. You can't govern. You suck. You suck at governing. Another one is Republicans cheat. You cheat at everything. Right. You lie at everything. This is just my personal opinion, but it's empirically loaded. I can literally go and point this out to you. Have yeah. you seen the new, uh, what is it, Barbara Streisand uh, music video? No, I've not. You have not seen the Barbara? I have We're going to have I you apologize. watch that I during I break. I a new story a while back. Holy cow, that video is insane. It's like, you lied to me, you lied to me, right? Mm-hmm. It's all Trump Yeah. in this video and with the counter of how many lies that yeah. he makes. It's insane. We are living in a country where honor and dignity and fairness is no longer valued because we don't stand up for that value. And it's on us to say, you're a liar. You're a cheater. Yeah. All right. You can't govern. You're incompetent. Yeah. And so for this election, everybody who's out here listening to me, if you have the opportunity to vote today in an early voting state, yep. I expect that by here, here's your marching orders. By the time this show is done, you will have either gotten your ballot or you will send in your ballot or you will pledge that you will vote today. Then you will spend the next three weeks finding individuals who have never voted or who don't vote and get them to vote. This is the only way that we're going to restore this democracy. Yeah. Joe in Western New York actually just said um, uh, something that uh, Shouty McShoutface, Malcolm Nance, said several months ago has stayed with me. If everyone in 2016 would have brought one person that had never voted, we would not be in this monstrosity. Please let Malcolm know I did better than one person. I got five people to vote, not only vote, but vote blue up and down the ballot. Attaboy. Good for you, Joe. Attaboy, Joe. Now, that's for the rest of you. All right? Get out there and start doing what with the voting. Yeah. <laughs> Make with the voting. David in San Francisco, you are on with Malcolm. Oh, hey, Steph. Uh, you know, uh, 
before I start, uh, when I'm... I'm we only have a very short time. <laughs> so oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it, it had to do with RICO. I've talked with Malcolm before about uh, we've got a RICO, uh, everything that Trump owns. And I'm wondering, since Election Day is coming up, there are probably a number of uh, state attorneys general that are running. There are local DAs that are running. Maybe we could uh, lean on them to, to uh, campaign promise uh, about RICOing on a local level. Finding out the assets that Trump owns and uh, and making sure and, tr- and Trump's cronies as well. well uh, what are their assets and how can we RICO them on a good, local level or, or investigate them for RICO? That's a good point. Yeah. These positions, state attorney general, uh, local district attorneys, they're elected positions. Right. Your power is your voice. If you say, hey, you know, this place has a Trump business. All right. In North Jersey. We need to start investigating whether there are crimes being committed here. This is what they're terrified of. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, that other statistic that I heard this morning was that the median voter in Texas is 54 years old. The median Republican right. voter. Right. The median Latino voter's age is 18. Wow. But they don't vote. Yeah. And this is the one time that we have to drag along the young people with us. There's high school kids who are 18 yeah. who think none of this affects me. Go, you got to tell them, yeah, it'll affect you. It'll yeah. affect every minute of your life. So go out there and get these people out to the polls. Yep. There you go. 46, uh, Shouty McShout faces shouted. Shout Do it. Me. Do it. 46 minutes after the hour. This is too weird, man. It's the Stephanie Miller Show. Stephanie Miller. Said you want to walk me home from school. Well, I said, yes, I do. She said, I don't like spiders and snakes. And that ain't what it takes to love me. Yeah. Like I want to be loved by you. Mm-hmm. It is the Stephanie Miller Show. Malcolm Nance, live in studio, 323-468-1135. You are right. That is fantastic. The Barbara Streisand song and video. Mm-hmm. You, what is it called? Don't, you, lie, don't to lie to me. How have you guys not seen this video? I don't know how I missed it. It's fantastic. That video's we're, awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll tweet it and Facebook it and everything. Yeah, it's fantastic. The yeah. new anthem of the resistance. I, uh, I don't mind telling the story again now that you brought it up. <laughs> Barbara so I met her. No, I met her at uh, Rob Reiner's. House, oh, of, of course. course. Yeah. No, but I was. It was a party a long time ago. You dropped a name over there on the floor. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> don't step on it. Don't, don't step on Rob Reiner's name that you just sullied. But it, I was already. It was like <laughs> first times. You know, I'd ever, I never. And I just like walked into it, and she was the first person. I and I just and th- that was a sploosh. Now, yeah. That was like a just. I was like a puddle. I was just like. Oh. That was like Jane Fonda. Like, yeah. Last month. I just, what do you say? I just was like, I, oh, hi, love you. I, and I'm like, hi, I'm Stephanie Miller and the radio. Ho- and she said, oh, you're great. I've told that story a million times. Barbara oh. Stray sends this to me. Oh. I, I beat you on that one. And then I didn't speak for the rest of the night. <laughs> my, my Robert De Niro, when he oh. came in, he goes, and I, and I go, hey, he goes. Hey, Wait, I, do you he, mean Al Pacino? Al Pacino, I'm sorry. 
Al Pacino, yeah. You I, dropped I know. the wrong name. Oh, uh, you know what? Because I don't chuck them around the floor. I'm sorry, who brought you to that party? You did. All right. uh-huh. <laughs> so, I and Al Pacino comes in, he goes, hey, I know you, you're on TV. And I go, I know Sploosh. you, you might have been in a movie. You splooshed, <laughs> admit it, you splooshed. Uh, well, I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> oh, all right, he just dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> oh, the sailor goodness. dropped an F-bomb Ryan on my deck. for the day. <laughs> All right. I did not. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he Whatever did. just happened in that little commercial <laughs> break did not happen. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sean made sure to do an extra tutorial on the dump button. You guys want to talk when like, the sailor's here. You want to talk like sailor's here. <laughs> You're going to have um, to yeah. All right. expect some water. Uh, Christine in Cleveland, you are on with Malcolm. Hello. <laughs> Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, Malcolm Nath. Hello. Mm-hmm. Where are you calling from? Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, city by the bay. <laughs> oh, that's Denver. That's right. Denver. Get it right, <laughs> Malcolm. Sorry. Go ahead. Anyways, um, MBS? Yeah. So what do you think those initials stand for besides whatever his name is? <laughs> I don't know. Do you got one? I've been trying to come yeah, up I got, with Yeah, I got one. Uh, Mr. Bonesaw. There you go. Dang! There you go. I don't oh. believe you said that no, on national radio. A little Ex- bit of dismemberment. I will now be using that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we say yesterday, uh, Travis, I think uh, Bonesaw opens for uh, road killers? Yes. On the road? <laughs> no. All right. I, I, you know, it's funny. I know it, we... We have learned to specialize in dark humor, but I, it, this story is just really so horrible. It's I mean, going to get it, more horrible. It is hard to read the threads about this whole... It's going to get more horrible because the Turks are on the verge of releasing the actual yeah. audio of the murder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Marco Rubio, uh, also talking tough. Will they actually do anything? Who knows? <laughs> Here we go. Saudi Arabia is a, it was a big part of this Middle Eastern strategy that the administration has, which was generally a good idea, and that is to try to hedge against Iran's ambitions in the region. But now this uh, would really blow apart um, our Middle Eastern strategy. And it's something we have to address from a human rights standpoint. Just because a country we're working with did it doesn't mean the U.S. can just shrug its shoulder and say, well, nothing happened here. Um, I love that uh, they talk about our credibility as if we have any anymore, right? Or so didn't someone say the president's credibility, which I was like, <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, Marco Rubio. But they'll buy those weapons from someone else. But I don't, know, I don't care how much money it is. There isn't enough money in the world to purchase back our credibility on human rights and, uh, and the, the way nations should conduct themselves. And we lose our credibility and our moral standing to criticize Putin for murdering people, Assad for murdering people, Maduro in Venezuela for murdering people. We can't say anything about that if we allow Saudi Arabia to do it and all we do is a diplomatic slap on the wrist. <laughs> Nothing God. happens. But the problem is they all talk tough and then they don't do anything. I mean, oh. Bob Corker, by the way, they were saying, said on the floor before they passed these tax cuts, what are we doing here? This is going to blow up the deficit. Mm-hmm. But he voted for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Right? No, but Marco Rubio, it's like a guy who votes with Trump 100% of the time says what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What credibility are you talking about? You literally have voted for him to do this. You own it. Yep. Don't come out here and start pretending like you, you suddenly believe in human rights. Yep. And what's uh, he going to do when Trump finally actually doesn't do anything? Yeah, he's going to say, oh, it was a good move, Mr. President. Excellent call and yeah. yeah. showing patience. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Matt in Chicago, a question for Malcolm. 
Yes, hello, and Hi. Malcolm Nance. This is truly a dream come true for me. You need uh, better dreams. <laughs> I'm well aware. Uh, so here's my question. Hypothetically, mm-hmm. and this is not going to happen, but if it does happen, if we get a blue wave, but not a blue tsunami, what is a good ratio of, like, what, what do we need to, what's the bare minimum that we need to get this done? Because I'm worried. 23. 23, 23 seats. seats. Just take it. Once you have control of the House, then all the committees shift to people that will do their jobs and who will defend the Constitution and this nation. And that's what we're talking about. We want America to work Checks and again. Balances. We want the government to yes. work for the people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it checks and balances. It is literally saving our democracy, as Malcolm Nance says. Um, are, you're leaving us, honey, but I'll well, see you again on Friday. Yeah, I know, but you will be back. All right. We have uh, Sally Cohn and Jill Weinbanks coming up on The Stephanie Miller Show. The Stephanie Miller Show. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm a right song. And I don't really care if nobody else believes. Because I've still got a lot of fight left in me. It is the Stephanie Miller Show. Welcome to it. Six minutes after the hour. Wow, it is really nerd fest. Political nerd fest here in L.A. this week. What's going on? Politicon this weekend. Uh, I will be doing a panel 1 o'clock on Sunday. Malcolm Nance, all of our worlds are colliding, right? Malcolm Nance was just in here. He'll be doing a panel with Jill Weinbanks, who will join us at the bottom of the hour on this show. Will join us on panel at Sexy Liberal Chicago Chicago, Mm -hmm. next Saturday, October 27th. Sally Cohn, I ran into uh, last year at Politicon, and I'm a huge fan. She has a great new book out called The Opposite of Hate. She is, of course, a uh, commentator on CNN. She joins us now. Hi, Sally. Hi, how are you? Good to see. To, good to talk to you again. I think it took me a year to get this booking. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's not like I help. Hi. <laughs> Here's what I love in, the, in your little bio. It says, these days, even famously nice Cone finds herself wanting to breathe fire at her enemies. Um, <laughs> it's hard to breathe anything else these days, isn't it? It's, it's listen, and it just, how does it keep getting worse? I know. Like, I know. I, well, yeah, anyway. Is, yeah. Yeah, did you think hard. you'd be but writing? I, I, it, is a moral, it is a moral commitment to try to see the goodness in people, even when they don't make it easy. Did you think you and I uh, would be talking on a day after the president called a woman a horse face uh, and apparently is covering for um, the Saudis, who I, I don't know if you've read this headline. It's even hard to read the headlines. He, uh, Khashoggi tortured with a bone saw for seven minutes while Saudi killer drowned out the screams with music, uh, according to a Turkish short source. Um, and you have the president comparing this to Kavanaugh, right? Yesterday he said, he said, oh, here you go again, you know, guilty uh, until proven innocent or whatever, just like Kavanaugh. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm just lost. <laughs> I'm lost well, morally, intellectually. I, here's, the thing. here's the thing. I'm not lost, right? Because, you know, there's some way in which at least he's consistent. I will say I am hoping that the Republicans uh, in his base who apparently, I don't understand, but apparently felt energized 
by his defense of Kavanaugh, will now be disturbed that he's applying the same defense to a murderous Saudi dictator. You know, which, by the way, is the same thing he did for Putin, the same thing he did for, uh, you know, Kim Jong-un, like this, this repeated tendency that Trump has to believe, take the word, take, take violent dictators at their word, and, by the way, throw, uh, you know, the uh, foreign policy and intelligence, American intelligence apparatus under the bus, you know, that's, uh, that's also what he's, we shouldn't be too surprised because that's also what he's done going back to Hillary, right? Yeah. It didn't matter that the intelligence community said, nah, you know, the email's actually not that big a deal. We're not, and, and he still is still chanting lock her up. Yeah. So, well, and now it, and now it just becomes Dr. Ford, Diane Feinstein, just any random woman. Um, and then this is how we got to Pocahontas and Horseface yesterday. I mean, I, I, I don't have kids, Sally, but I keep saying to people that do, I, I, I don't know how you parent. Isn't that the first thing you teach your kids? Don't don't call people names. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, what you do is you tell. I we tell our kid all the time. In fact, this is. Oh, I shouldn't admit this, but you know, we tell our kid all the time to be better than the president and you know if the president i mean the other day she actually repeated his uh, his famed access hollywood line she'd heard it oh. someone had said it to her at school and we said you know look we don't talk that way and what a place we've gotten to in this country where you have right. to say and and honestly i've heard republicans even trump supporters say this too like they, they have to tell their kids to be better than the president <laughs> and yeah. and actually i shouldn't admit this but i'm going to because i love you stephanie but when my kid is like really you know she's 10 so she's pushing the limit. Right. And when she's really being naughty or we hear her saying something she shouldn't be saying, we'll say like, oh, you know, careful, you sound like Donald Trump. And that is like, that's enough to get her to step back from the line. Because, <laughs> I mean, but like, that's, that's, like, putting ideology aside. That's, yeah, that's, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, that is horrifying. Yeah. It really is. I and mean, on top of that, there's the pattern of, you know, uh, him cozying up to. Uh, you know, yeah. anti-American autocrats and continually yeah. slamming and slandering women. It's yeah. just like... Well, when I, and by the way, when I say that's horrifying, I was not referring to your parenting, Sally Cohen. I was referring no, no, thank you, thank you. I, to the I, fact I, that parents have to say, be yeah. better than My the president. parenting can be horrifying, but not in that particular instance. It's okay. <laughs> by the way, I see that you're going to frame... Uh, uh, Sean Hannity had a... But uh, okay. tweeted a nasty tweet about you. You said you're going to frame it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, I got to pull it up on my phone so I don't quote misquote myself. But okay. no, no, he didn't. He didn't actually. Sean, I was on Sean's radio show. You know, basically, Stephanie, I do your show and Sean's show. Okay. Although I, it it should be noted, I do um, I do uh, your your his show more. So yes. I'm not going to take that personally, but um, no. I I've got your email, Sally. I'm going to get you on here more. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, now I, the uh, gauntlet has been thrown. Go ahead. Good. So I, I do Sean's show a fair amount. Anyway, someone tweeted after I was on his show, they tweeted, uh, quote, you put that horrible Sally Cohn on and we have to turn you off. Why do you continue to shove these haters down our throats? We, uh, our throats, we will do not understand. It actually says that. Yes. Uh, anyway, so I thought like, wow, in that, in that tweet, there's so many beautiful things. One is that there's I mean, suggesting that I'm the hateful one. And, you right. know, I, of course, I love being called hateful because I like 
opportunities to talk about my hate and everyone else's hate and how we all do better. And also, I got someone to turn off Hannity's radio show. Good job. <laughs> Nicely done. That Now, that's deep. That is really deep state of you. <laughs> um, yes, and I, I, I've always thought of you as the leader of the angry mob, you know, before it was cool, Sally. Thanks, I guess. Yeah. You know, I'm like the... I'm the leader of the righteously angry mob that would like our side to behave, uh, you know, with more kindness, generosity, and tolerance than our opponents. That that mob. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Yeah. I'm not even sure at that point it's really a mob. Yeah. Sort of, well, uh, and we do. A coffee clutch. I'm yeah. the leader of a coffee clutch. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we do. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sick of this both sides do it false equivalence when, you know, it, it is... It is not the same. Now you are on. Uh, as well, I, 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 I actually will. I will totally go to town on that because you're right. Both sides don't do it the same, but we both do it, and we need to knock it off. All it right. doesn't matter who does we'll, it worse or first. We'll agree to disagree. Okay. Fine. Because you're on apparently every single panel on Politicon, and I'm only on one. <laughs> you seriously are on how many? One, two, three, four no, panels. Four. four. But like they try to. I think they try to get. You know, they try to. You know, work, they think I'm a workhorse. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you are. Right. Yeah, yeah. I I need to build a I wall can't. because you are taking all the liberals' jobs. I'm I'm only Stop on it. one because you had to have four, Sally Cohn. Stop it! Oh, all obviously, because right. I'm on your show all the time. No, I can't even <laughs> tell you what shows, what they, what panels they are. I literally, right. I just show well, up. I know. Well, so okay, you do uh, now. Uh, you have a uh, now what conservatives uh, with you, oh, Charlie? Yeah, it's gonna be fun. You, Charlie Kirk, uh, Chris Christie. What now, liberals, with you and, uh, 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 oh gosh, Nayura Huck, is that am I saying her name Nayura right? Huck. Marcos Melitzas and others. Um, yeah, I mean, those are interesting questions. I mean, I, I assume that means sort of I'm post. Discussing my, I'm discussing my book with Scotty Nell Hughes, which uh, oh, dear. I, I think will be a really good. Listen, I, Scotty Nell's a friend, and, uh, oh, but has took some issue with my book, including how I portrayed her in my book. So, uh, you know, right. it'll be a good conversation. Last year, I lost a bet with her, you know, because. <laughs> Uh, we we bet you saw this. We bet whoever uh, uh, if if her can't you know if Trump won the election, um, she'd give me a makeover and vice vice versa. And uh, unfortunately, um, for the country and for me, Trump won, and so she gave me a, uh, a complete Scotty Nell's Hughesy makeover, and I had to spend the whole day in a dress and heels. Um, I've always loved you just the way you are, for the for the record. Thank you. All right. Thank you, me too. All right. Fake news versus the world is the other panel. Does, doesn't that seem like kind of the most important thing when, you know, we have actual journalists getting killed and, uh, and the president of the United States covering if, uh, uh, for it and, and the, the fact that we now just have, you know, Sally, like two different – we can't even call them facts on their side. They're, they are complete lies if you're fact-checking – the president, right? I mean, that that's, like, I think the most dangerous thing, don't you? Is that, I mean, my mom, I call her my 95-year-old Trump-voting Republican mom. I mean, how many times, I don't know if, about you, have you had a conversation with someone where you're like, well, that's just not true, mom. Where did you hear that? Oh, Fox News, right? Yes, that's right. Well, I mean, I, I, my conversation with Sean Hannity the other day, just like that, too. Um, you know, it's very interesting. I am looking forward to a conversation about fake news because it's, it's, look, it's honestly, it's a really tough nut. And part of the reason is because, in general, we've had this blurring between fact and news, between reporting and opinion, and that muddied the waters, and we haven't done the work to demarcate those boundaries for people. Part of it is that the term fake news has 
been weaponized by both sides in in ways that ostensibly give it opposite meaning. Um, yeah. And then third, okay, once you parse through all of that and at least try to get on anywhere near the same page, uh, or at least in the same book about the problem, what you then actually do, um, given both the, the, the important priorities of free speech and the realities of commercialism, and, uh, you know, the sort of what leads, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, what gets clicks, you know, clicks are king, et cetera. Right. Uh, how you actually address the problem in the media is, is it's not an easy answer. Right. Um, you have some great advice by tweet. You said, I know you're going to vote. Good for you. Now do more. Door knocking and phone banking has is proven to uh, turn out other voters. So volunteer now. Some helpful sites, uh, swingleft.org, votesaveamerica.com, mobilize America, uh, let's see, the, the last weekend.org. Um, all great, great, great. Uh, because it, it, it's, I know for us pundits, it's like, oh, this is the most important election of our lifetime. It, this time, it, it really, really is true, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sure it is until next time. But, you know, here's the, here's the other reason I put that out there is, um, well, number one, I'm frustrated by people thinking, oh, I changed my profile on Facebook, so I did something. Like, you right. didn't do anything. It's not, that's not going to do it. And there is actual data that shows that if you want uh, infrequent or unlikely voters to turn out and vote, yep. you need face-to-face contact. And that means door knocking, that means phone banking with live people making phone calls. So that's part one. But part two is, I'm talking to so many people. People constantly come up to me, they're feeling so hopeless and dark and overwhelmed by the news. And right. and you know what? I will tell you, if you haven't done it, or if you have never done it, or you haven't done it in a while, just showing up and door knocking for a few blocks and talking to people and, and you know, talking about the issues and showing up with a bunch of other people who want to make a difference in their community, it actually, it's good for the soul it yep. will make you feel hopeful and connected and like you're doing something and you're not just sitting there you know drowning in the muck on twitter yeah. or whatever yep think yeah. of yourselves as all parents that are teaching their kids not to call someone horse face right yeah yeah all right yeah. sally Cohn. i assume that i I, can't, I look forward to seeing you at politicon this weekend i assume you will not be in a dress and heels the, the makeover was not please god no yeah. okay no it did not fit all right it I, did not I will be in a dress and heels. That's how you recognize me. I'm quite sure you will be lovely as always. I look and, forward to it. And I will be wearing a Sean Hannity mask. So I will see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's a great laugh. I love you, Sally Cohn. The book is The Opposite of Hate. See you at Politicon. Thank you. Look forward to it. Bye. All right. There she goes. Sally Cohn. She's a delight. Isn't she a bubbly delight? I'll have to book her more often, apparently. <laughs> Boy, she, she put the screws to you. That was like my Jill Weinbanks on air. <laughs> putting the screws to her for sexy liberal seriously i can make this happen all right good 19 minutes after the hour jill weinbank's coming up bottom of the hour as we roll along stephanie miller show she's your human fox blocker it's the stephanie miller show Stephanie Miller.
It is the Stephanie Miller Show. That was funny. Okay, what do we do during the uh, commercial breaks? Are we keeping track of all the horrifying news out of the uh, Trump administration? Mm-hmm. No, was, I was having a, uh, we were having a burping contest, and uh, Marcus said he felt that last one in his soul. And I said it was Pitchy Dog. Yeah, and you said you're the... <laughs> I'm the Randy, and he's the Paula. <laughs> yeah, of American Burp Idol, which is what we... I love that American me, Idol joke from like 2001 is what gets through to you as pop me, culture. Let me clarify that I'm the only one burping, so I automatically win every burp contest. Well, we'll have we'll have callers call in and vote. Okay. All right. We were just talking about Mitch McConnell during the break, Travis, and I was going, I don't – either this was really dumb to say this right before the midterms, I, that he's they're going to cut your Social Security and Medicare – because, I, I, I mean, this is what Democrats have been saying forever. Yeah. They're going to give tax cuts to the rich. It's going to blow up the deficit. And then they're going to say, oh, now we got to cut. And now, now a warning that uh-huh. <laughs> it's a bipartisan problem. Oh, it's a bipartisan. Yes. Oh. oh, I see. The very, very bipartisan Mitch McConnell. Uh, yeah, here he is. It's very disturbing, and it's it's driven by the three big entitlement programs that oh. are very popular. Oh, is Medicare, it? Social Security, and Medicaid. Uh, 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 That's uh. 70% of what we spend every year. The subject we were just discussing, the funding of the government, is about 30% of what we spend. Uh, there's been a bipartisan reluctance mm. to tackle oh. entitlement changes because now? of the popularity of those uh, programs. Uh, hopefully, at some point here, uh, we'll get serious about this. Oh, we see. haven't been oh, okay. yet. Yes. Wait, because there's only one party that wants to reform entitlements, and that's the Republicans. He said it's disappointing. Disappointed! But it's not a Republican problem. It's really? A bi- it's a bipartisan problem. Really? It's a bipartisan problem. The Republicans passed tax, tax cuts, cuts? For the rich, started a trade war. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, it gets better. <sighs> All right. Um, the deficit has increased 77% since McConnell became majority leader. Mm-hmm. In 2015. Oh, does it get better? Yes. Oh, please, Mitch, go on. Uh-huh. Well, we had that opportunity during the Obama years, and what? I talked to President Obama about what? it a number of times. It would have been the perfect time to do it. Uh-huh. Think of Reagan and Tip O'Neill coming uh-huh. together uh-huh. in the early 80s to raise the age for Social Security. It took it uh-huh. out of the political arena and made it possible for it to be uh, successful. Mm. That's what mm. we had the chance to do during the mm. Obama years, because we had divided government for six of his right. eight years. Uh, unfortunately, it was not achieved. What? Now, didn't Boner, John Boner, and President Obama make a, and then uh, yeah. who was it that blew it up? That'd be Republicans. Isn't I mean with, this is like Lucy? Okay. okay, it's like Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football. He's like, sure, here, kick it, kick the ball. I'm gonna pull out of the way and tell everyone how you took away their Medicare and Social right. Security. Come on, Mitch. <laughs> We're not and that even dumb. Trumpers are are saying that these tax. I mean, they're not even running on their. T- they no. thought it was going to be a big deal. It, even Trumpers know this is not helping them. The guy it's that helping, Sean it's helping corporate profits, and it's not trickling down to them. Our, our friend Sean Caston from Chicago. Yes, he's running against the guy who wrote the tax bill, yes. and that guy is tanking right now. Yes, they're in a dead heat though. Yeah. So go Sean Caston, Illinois. Here's, do it. Here's what you run on, Sean. <laughs> yes, uh, Kevin in D.C. Hello, Kev. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Hello. I, I had a quick comment. I agree with a lot of what Malcolm said earlier, and partly in terms of people not fighting, but I think that's only half the story. A lot of your, your listeners, mentioned, including you, mentioned people that do fight, but the problem is, one, um, the people need to listen to it. Right-wingers don't listen to the station that the fighters are on, um, and often the narrate, narrate, the narrative is, is, is spent when a Democrat says something. So I think what you, besides fighting, 
you need to like Obama got around certain things by going yeah. on late night talk shows or being on weird things like um, between two two ferns. Right. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, listen, Sally Cohn is a go high person, right? You know what I mean? We have differences of opinion about, you know, when they go low, we go high or right on all that stuff. But we just need to go blue, whatever, <laughs> however you think you fight. We're not fighting each other. We're fighting them. Right. Vote blue no matter who. Okay. Oh, he thinks I hung up. On There's him. a lot of different shades of blue. There's like <laughs> sky blue. Right. There's like deep in the water blue where it's right. darker. Do you like the important thing is do you like do you love my new uh vote blue wave vote? Are we gonna have a wet t shirt contest after the show yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah, right. baby. Yeah, I'm gonna sploosh again. When when we get our blue tsunami, I'm gonna sploosh more than when listen. Check your Instagram, guys. Malcolm, I got a bottle of water to throw at her. Malcolm Vance <laughs> and Fernando Armandi are in here live together on Friday. Sploosh. Sploosh fest. Thank you, Ryan. Another one for good measure. All right, Ryan. That's enough. Wow. 29 minutes after the hour. Jill Weinbank's next. Awesome person I have ever known. Well, second most awesome. Right. Of course, the, the, the first being Stephanie Miller. Oh, no. The first would be Watergate attorney, Jill Weinbanks. Mm-hmm. Here's the good news. I'm going to get to see her at Politicon this weekend, so I will be less of a spazzy nerd when I see her uh, for Chicago Sexy Liberal panel along with Representative Jan Schakowsky, Margaret Cho, John saying next Saturday. Aren't you October. guys having panel wars this weekend? Aren't you guys like at the same time? I know. I don't want to watch my panel. I want to watch hers. <laughs> I may leave my panel to go see her panel. <laughs> Jill Weinbanks joins us now. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. How are you? Trying not to act like a spazzy nerd around you, as oh, usual. God, I love when you do. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also the only two hours a day when I am not at my mailbox waiting for your Blue Wave pin, which I have ordered for you as a oh, thank you. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> That'll be fabulous. <laughs> so listen, uh, obviously you're going to be out here for Politicon. Um, a lot of news. Uh, you, uh, you probably heard this, that uh, there's reporting that Mueller is ready to deliver his key findings, but not until after the midterms, of course. But this is where it gets tricky, right, where I've heard you talk about Watergate. Um, Not clear if Mueller's findings will be made public if he doesn't obtain unsealed indictments. The regulations, of course, uh, he only has to reveal his findings to Rod Rosenstein, who is currently his supervisor, right? So then the supervisor has discretion over what's given to Congress and what is revealed in public. I mean, obviously, we've heard rumors he's going to fire Rosenstein and, and Sessions after the midterms. What are your fears or your thoughts on all this this morning? Well, fears are like everybody else in America, um, or maybe not everybody, because I'd say it's only 70% of America who feels the way I do, Um, but that's enough to have the blue wave. Um, I would say the things that give me hope are a couple of things. One is that the process that we used during Watergate, which was using the grand jury's inherent authority to issue a report to Congress, is something that Mueller could use. So if he is barred from returning an indictment by the rules of the Office of Legal Counsel, even though I do not agree with their legal opinion, I think the president could be indicted. But if he chooses not to for any reason, because he believes impeachment is a better process, 
he can compile all the evidence that he has into a roadmap, which is what we did, and pass it on. Now, the difference is we had a Congress that was actually actively investigating impeachment at the time. So we knew we weren't wasting our time and that there was a chance that Congress would take the evidence and use it. So our hope is that there will be a blue wave and that there will be enough interest in Congress that they will look at that evidence seriously, they will issue subpoenas and do their own investigation, and have a real search for truth, which hasn't happened yet. So there is still that, that real opportunity. And the other thing that gives me hope is Paula Duncan, who was the, grand, the juror in the Manafort case, who said, I'm a loyal Trump supporter, and I think this investigation is a hoax and a witch hunt, but the evidence against Manafort is clear and convincing. He's guilty on all 18 counts. And so I hope that Americans will at some point see the evidence and will judge the evidence and will make their own conclusion about the guilt of not just Trump, but of all those around him who may be named um, in any kind of report or indictment. Um, yeah, I remember seeing you on TV talking about, you know, that you were you all were disappointed that you had your case all ready to go, obviously, against Nixon. I mean, that's my fear, is that, that I feel like we've never been up again. I mean, what he did is bad enough, but to me, Jill, this is Watergate times 10. If it, What is proven is what we all think, which is, you know, amounts to treason. I, I, I don't see how we just let this go. It's just, oh, for the healing of the country and we have to move on or whatever people are going to put forth, right? I, I agree. I think if what we suspect is true, is true, if in fact there is collusion with a foreign enemy of ours, that is much more serious than using Americans to break into the Democratic headquarters. If you're using Russians to electronically break in, that is more serious. If I mean, we see this evidence every day right now. I mean, his argument that it's a rogue operation. How can you say it's a rogue operation of the Saudis yeah. when they came in a chartered plane that has been used by the Saudi government? They brought a bone cutter with them. Yeah. They, they are clearly people who have been linked very clearly to Saudi security. It's not a rogue operation. Yeah. To fall for that is really stupid, and I can't believe the president would be putting that out and I can't believe that any of his followers will fall for it. But yeah. he, he always seems to succeed at that. So well, I, as you tweeted, any profit for Trump or his friends outweighs any concern about human rights. And this is, again, where we keep talking about worse than Watergate, worse than Nixon. There are so many layers of, of corruption and lawbreaking involved in all of this, is, aren't there? It's so true. It is so true. And every day in our face. Nixon, we had to wait for the tape because he didn't say publicly. In this case, the tweets and public statements of Donald Trump are the equivalent of the discoveries of the tape. The difference is the tapes came all at once and shocked the nation. Yeah, We're not shocked anymore because it happens every single day. He demeans yep. people. He gives them insulting nicknames. I was just going to say, isn't that the other big difference, Jill, between him and Nixon? Nixon, the tapes came out and we were shocked what he said privately. Trump just called one woman horse face yesterday and another woman Pocahontas again. 
publicly, and that's just one day in our lives, right? Yes, exactly. Although, you know, he's being criticized as being a sexist, and I would say he's just a bully. Yeah. Because he also called Marco Rubio little Marco and low-energy Jeb. And yeah. So he insults men and women. It's not just women. So it's not, not sexism. It's just bullying. And yeah. for someone who's first lady is supposed to be combating bullying, I think it's quite odd that he is the bully in chief. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I swear, good going on. I swear there's everything you need to know about him besides like what we learn every day about how horrible. I don't know if you saw him yesterday. He's standing in the rain. <laughs> he's under the umbrella and his wife is standing there in the rain like right next to him. I mean, it's just Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, he goes I to talk to the so to TV. He has to be on TV, so he leaves her standing there in the rain. I mean, it's just oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 is right. Yeah. It's it, you know, I there's a new movie out called Watergate which started out as just a history of Watergate, but now it just came out after, I think, this actual filming started maybe two years ago, and now the parallels are so obvious. It will be shown on the History Channel, November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, just in time for people before they vote in the midterms to see how obvious the parallels are and what danger we're in and why we must not just ignore bad behavior from the president. Jill, speaking of which, you tweeted Judge Orders release of Watergate roadmap that could be the guide for Mueller's Russia report. What does that mean? Well, there there are two lawsuits pending asking that this document, which has been totally confidential since we issued it, the day of the indictment is the day we gave this report to Congress, to the House Judiciary. And what it did was it laid out what we called a roadmap to impeachment by um, basically indexing the evidence. We did not draw conclusions. We didn't say, here's the crimes he committed. We just said, you should look at these pieces of evidence. Here's some tapes. Here's some documents. Here's some calendars. Um, And that's what the House Judiciary used as their path to actually voting uh, articles of impeachment. Yep. Okay. On, on which he would have, sorry, on which he would have been um, convicted had he gone to trial rather than resigning. Right. And um, two different sets of people have asked for it to be released. Released. One is Nixon's lawyer uh, during this. Um, although I didn't know him, I'm not sure what his involvement was, but apparently he did represent Nixon. And the other is from some historians who want to see this document not just for their historical perspective, but because it shows the process that was used to bring these facts forward. Yep. And that's why it's so important. And the judge has um, said that certain of those documents, which have been released before, have been publicized before, can be released, and that the archives have to review all the others to make sure that there's nothing that can't be released. And honestly, there's nothing that can't be released. And nothing national security. There's no reason that the whole thing can't be out. Okay. And um, our friend Malcolm Nance, who just uh, uh, just left the studio, you're doing a panel with this weekend. Um, 
you know, I'm a happy, clappy liberal, as I like to call myself. But he says, basically, because, you know, our fear is, you know, is he going to be able to fire everybody, fire Mueller, blah, blah, blah. And Malcolm just said this stuff, there's no way that it's not going to get out to the public. He said it'll fall, you know, off off a truck in front of The New York Times and Washington Post by the pallet load. Um, Do you agree that because I think that, that sometimes I wake up in a cold sweat, like, could they really get away with something this big? No, I, you know, I I think, and again, as in Watergate, we had copies of documents just in case. I'm glad we didn't have to face the ethical conundrum we would have faced had he forced us to release them because we would have been violating grand jury secrecy, and that's a crime. Um, we collected them and brought them to our houses uh, from the trial team just in case democracy was at risk. And we felt that we might need to go to jail in order to protect democracy. And I'm glad we didn't have to face that. I certainly didn't look forward to that outcome. And I'm glad that it turned out that we were able to get the tapes and go ahead with our case in a a good way. But that's something that certainly must be occurring to Mueller there is one person on his team who worked in the Watergate, not, in, not on our trial team, but in the Watergate office, and I'm sure he's aware of that and is thinking through, well, you know, it looks like uh, in three weeks there's going to be an election and yep. I could be fired. Yep. Actually, three weeks ago yesterday, so three weeks ago today, yep. three weeks from now, Mueller and Rosenstein and Sessions could all be fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we need to be prepared for that. And I think the other thing is mass protests really made a difference. It kept Nixon from yeah. carrying out his threat to never turn over the tape. But it I mean, made him turn them over. Right, but that's what I'm saying is at that point it's not going to matter because we, if, we take, if we take back Congress, right? Right. Yeah. Right, but remember there is that time between November 7th mm-hmm. and January when the new Congress actually takes over. And so it's a question of what what Republicans will rise to the level of the three Republicans who went to Nixon and said, sir, you're finished. We've yep. seen the evidence. You have to resign or you will be convicted. Who is Goldwater? Who is yep. Gold? Who is Scott? My dad's running mates. There's a reason we were supposed to meet. <laughs> really? <laughs> Let me ask you... <laughs> Let me ask you quickly, Jill. Um, what, Michael Cohen talking for as long as he's talking to Mueller cannot be good news for Donald Trump, can it? It cannot be good news. Um, I mean, I have always believed that he knows a lot. He probably engaged in a lot of illegal activities on behalf of Donald Trump and at the direction of Donald Trump. He's already said that he did certain things that were illegal at the request of Donald Trump. So I think he will know a lot. Um, I have recently heard that he wasn't the main fixer for Donald Trump, but you don't have to be the main fixer to know enough yep. to do some significant damage yep. to his credibility and to his legal status. If you're out here in the L.A. area, go to Politicon.com. Jill is on two fantastic panels, one of them Trump on Trial, with, uh, along with uh, uh, Jonathan Capehart, Richard Painter, Zerlina Maxwell, Kareen Jean-Pierre. Um, it are with our friend uh, Malcolm, the, the panel on veterans, right? With uh, Malcolm Nance, Richard Liu, and others. Um, yeah, and I and I'm going to try to I'm going to try to calm myself before I meet you. 
So oh, I'm so excited. So it'll be less awkward next Saturday at Sexy Liberal. And Travis needs to know how many tickets you need because he can't because you're too popular to reach. Okay, I will get back to Travis. I promise. <laughs> he said promise. he said nail her down on the air like you did the first time. We, we got your husband covered, and I know it you need you want times, some you want some backup for moral support. Yes, yes, I do, I do. This is this is outside my area of expertise. Uh, you you just need to do your your normal wonderful thing. That we got you covered. You're gonna be awesome. I, I know Jan will do a good job, so I feel confident in that. Yeah, you're gonna be fantastic. We can't wait to see you, and I'll see you this weekend, Jill. Thanks so much for taking time. Thank you. All right, there, there she goes, Jill Weinbanks. Very exciting. Yes. I've even gotten over the whole her having a husband thing. You know, I'm fine. <laughs> Whatever. Wait, is he the wine or the banks? In this? He's the banks. Yeah, that replaced what could have been Wine Miller. Blew up the Wine Miller wedding. It could be a reverse devil's triangle, the Wine Miller banks. All right, 48 minutes after the hour, right back on the Stephanie Miller show. Could be worse. How? Could be raining. It's the Stephanie Miller show. Yeah. All right. It is the Stephanie Miller Show. Welcome to it. 53 minutes after the hour. Um, How often do we say, uh, wow, Malcolm Nance was right again? Uh, so on cue, after Trump yesterday, uh, what did he say? I think we have to find out what happened. Here you go again with, you know, you're guilty until proven innocent. I don't uh. like that. We just went through that with Justice Kavanaugh, and he was innocent all the way as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Malcolm said earlier this morning the Turks are going to start releasing audio, which uh, they have, and it, it is uh, gruesome. Dark. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they send Pompeo over there. Do you see him smiling, yeah. shaking, shaking hands? Okay. Doing that nice big arm. Um, yes. Uh, he said the, uh, oh, the kingdom had made a serious commitment to hold senior leaders in, uh, accountable. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure they'll get right on that. Seriously accountable. Yeah. They're going to hire OJ to find the real killers. Yeah. Maybe Tom Arnold oh, oh, can find the Oh, and the, the president tapes. also said his rogue killers comment uh, was informed by his feeling from his conversation with Salman that the king didn't use the term. Oh, I see. So it was Donald Trump offering ways to cover up the yeah spitballing. Sure, do a little improv. Yeah, let's workshop. Yes, yeah, yes, and oh, this is just it's sickening. Uh, from the New York Times this morning, his killers were waiting when he walked into the consulate. They severed his fingers during an interrogation. Later, beheaded and dismembered him. It was all over within a few minutes, the recordings uh, suggest. Mm. Okay, so this is exactly what Malcolm said they were going to start leaking. They said the guy who's doing it put headphones on with music uh, so he wouldn't have to hear it. I'm getting to that, yes. Sorry. Uh, yes, they, uh, okay. they seized him almost immediately, began to beat and torture him, eventually cutting off his fingers. Uh, Do this outside, you'll put me in trouble, said the Saudi, and it's on tape. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as they cut off his head and dismembered his body, the doctor of forensics who had been brought along for the dissection and disposal had some advice. Listen to music, he said, as he put on headphones himself. That's what he does to ease the tension when doing such work. Um, so, yes, cutting him with a bone saw for seven minutes while Listening to he Enya? was still alive. Did they say it was Enya? Or no, I just... just I, you I'm, know, that is really... Now you're getting really dark. 
You're trying to inject humor into it. Well, what do you listen to? It was not Enya. What do you listen to to cover up the sounds of what you're doing when you're doing something that horrific? I don't. I don't. Okay. Meanwhile, while the president was calling Stormy Daniels horse face on Mm -hmm. Twitter, uh, she tweeted back, ladies and gentlemen, may I present your president? In addition to his um, shortcomings, he has demonstrated his incompetence, hatred of women, and lack of self-control on Twitter again, and perhaps a penchant for bestiality. Game on, Tiny. I gotta say I like her. She's funny. It helps. And classier than Trump. Um, did I have I always said this wave is going to be female? Sixty-two mm-hmm. percent uh, of women disapprove of Trump's uh, job performance. That was what twelve tweets yesterday, in, uh, in addition to horseface and Pocahontas and uh, uh, trying to cover for these Saudi murderous thugs. Okay, uh, Jill in Ohio. Hello, Jill. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's going to be okay. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm I'm okay. Fantastic. Um, the reason I called is um, sometimes for amusement, um, and my family asked me to stop doing this. I troll people on YouTube videos that watch The View because the Trumpsters get so upset at the women on The View. Right. So I made a comment that you know just turn off the channel. And the, my point being is that the, these some of these people who follow Trump blindly and religiously this man first told me that um he explicitly explained how he was going to sexually assault me he then told me that trump was appointed by god and thou should we shall worship him um and then it goes on to the obama i don't know i've never heard this conspiracy that obama was a closet homosexual Oh, no, that was out there. Yeah, that was out there. really? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, oh, speaking of uh, the Lord, uh, Pat Robertson warns that a fake Saudi arms deal is more important than the murder of the journalist. As you do. Yeah, so that's what Jesus would do, is kill someone with a bone saw while listening to uh, Enya. And selling them guns. Right. Okay, you know what, I'm I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start drinking. They wouldn't need the bone saw if they had the guns. (laughs) All right. See you tomorrow on The Stephanie Miller Show.